Remember back in episode 5 when we visited Merida in Mexico and met speakers and advocates of Yucatec Maya? And remember how confusing it was that in that part of the Mayan world, people refer to their language as la lengua maya, the Mayan language, when in fact there are around 30 languages still spoken today within the Mayan language family? Well, this episode, we're digging a little deeper into one of those other Mayan languages, the most widely spoken in fact, Quiche. Welcome to Language Stories, a podcast discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed chica on the constant exploration of languages, no matter where I am in the world. And this episode, welcome back to El Mundo Maya, and this time, the highlands of Guatemala. Back at the polyglot gathering in 2017, there was a talk on the lineup that caught my eye. Can knowing some quiche save your life and make you rich? Open brackets. Probably not, but why take chances? Close brackets. From my good friend, Dave Prine. About to head off for a year to explore Latin America and make language stories, I circled it. I knew I had to attend. Quiche must be the word for Quechua in Quechua, right? Wrong. Very wrong. But if you're currently as in the dark about Quiche as I was, you're not alone. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'd never heard of it before. And last December uh, 2016, I was applying to grad school here at uh, UVA and I was walking around the foreign language building and all the offices, and I saw a sign that said, do you want to learn Quiche Maya? And I thought, now I do. That's Dave, the guy who gave a talk about Quiche Maya and introduced me to the language. We'll hear more from him later. But to begin, I want to take you with me to a small canton, that's Spanish for a small cluster of houses or farms in the countryside, in Toto Nicapan, Guatemala. Me duele la cabeza. Ash no holom. For this episode of Language Stories, we decided to get a little closer to the language and spent some time at a homestay in the Mayan countryside. What you just heard was what could be described as my first quiche lesson as we took a walk through the canton with Carlos, the father of the family we stayed with. Carlos has a happy face and welcoming smile, much like his wife, Carolina. It's a trait they've passed on to their two children too, Heidi and Elicio, and it was a joy to stay with them and experience a little slice of their life at home. Bandera de mi patria. ¿Cuál es, ¿Cuál es tu Guatemala? During our time together, Carlos told us of his life, including the 17 years he spent living and working in the US, all with the aim of earning enough money to come back to Guatemala to the town he loves and start a family. Due to his time in the US, he speaks English, which is great news for me as that's one less video to transcribe. Hooray! At the start of our English interview, I asked Carlos to give a little introduction to Quiche for those who know nothing. 
people here in Guatemala. Mm. You know that we speak about 23 different languages, but here in Totonicapan we do speak Quiche. Mm-hmm. So 92% of this population can speak Quiche, which we learned it from our parents. So Spanish becomes the second language for us. Mm. Okay, so in the town, the, the main pueblo where we went yesterday, I remember you saying that yesterday, 92% of people, it's Quiche first, right? Spanish second. Mm-hmm. And I noticed like walking around the market as well, um, how sometimes every, everything was in Spanish. Well, when, yeah. When you asked people, mm-hmm. you know, everything's in Spanish. Yeah, but most of the people can speak Quiche. Yeah, and yeah. then you'd, you'd say maybe thank you or something at the end in Quiche. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they mix it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the other <coughs> 8% of people, is it Spanish first and they speak some Quiche or they speak no Quiche? No Quiche. Okay. Okay. The percentage, they, they speak no Quiche, just Spanish. Wow. But that's yeah. not many people here. No, 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 no. But it used to be uh, more percentage, mm. only Spanish, but now it's reducing. Uh-huh. Since the teachers in school are bilingual, so they are teaching them Quiche and Spanish. But when Carlos was at school himself, this wasn't the case. We discussed this in Spanish, so I'll translate here. Cuando en el principio yo fui a la escuela When I first went to school, I couldn't communicate with the teacher because she only spoke Spanish and I only spoke Quiche. So you can imagine what situation I found myself in. I couldn't communicate with the teacher. When I wanted to go to the bathroom, I couldn't ask. And when I had a question and there was something I didn't understand, I couldn't express myself in Spanish. It was really difficult from the start. For that reason, I want both my children to learn both languages so they don't have the same problem. I asked Carlos if he was the only child in his class that had this problem. No, yo creo que habíamos la mayoría del mm. mismo problema. No, I think we were the majority. A few years later, they made it so that teachers have to be bilingual here to be able to help students. Uh-huh. Now in the region, it's obligatory that teachers are bilingual in both Spanish and Quiche. After a few days in the countryside with Carlos and his family, we headed back to Quetzaltenango which is actually a Quiche word, meaning land of the Quetzals, the famed bird of the region, national bird of Guatemala, and even the name of their currency. Although we didn't see any Quetzals in our whole week there, boo! But there was no way we were leaving the Guatemalan highlands without a visit to the famous Chichi Castanango Sunday Market. Every week, Crowds gather as the town is taken over by market stalls selling everything from tourist souvenirs and textiles to electricals and fresh food and, at the time we were there, musical Christmas lights. But we aren't here just to see the market. We're here to meet Juan from Galleria Popwich, which I definitely pronounced wrong, a Quiche speaker whose art and spiritual work reflects his Quiche heritage and culture. Muy buen día, mi nombre es Juan León Cortés. Soy artista y guía espiritual, originario del municipio de Chichicastanango, Maya Quiche. After our walk through the market together and actually hearing Quiche spoken in the streets in Chichicastanango, which I hadn't heard in Quetzaltenango, I asked Juan if it was more common to hear Quiche spoken in smaller towns and villages. 
Pues dice que sí es cierto por la superpoblación, por las nuevas Yes, for sure. It's true when new things arrive in a culture kind of interrupting the status quo and in that sense we're talking about acculturation. Sometimes when we're in academia, at university and we do value our own language. So it's certainly true that when we grow in population size and mix with other cultures, we get new trends, sometimes good, sometimes bad. So when we're talking about our own language, sometimes we do lose it a little. I think in Chichi Castanango it's a place where we can serve the language well. En Chichicastenango creo que es uno de los lugares donde se aún se conserva, se habla mucho pues el idioma maya quiche. And how does this work on a smaller scale? How does quiche compare when it comes to the family unit? Is quiche spoken more or Spanish? Pues básicamente la verdad que es el maya quiche, porque desde cuando Basically, it's quiche, because from when we're born, we grow up speaking quiche until we go to school, when I think there's a slight devaluation of our language when it gets substituted for Spanish. But they can't get rid of it because we speak it at home, with family, friends, also in the town they speak quiche a lot. So I believe that this prevalence will last many generations. As well as quiche and art classes, the gallery also offers sessions in mind spirituality and visits to mind ceremonies. Juan leads many of these sessions, and he says quiche helps him form a deeper connection when he's conducting these ceremonies. Sí, desde como le digo, pues uno, pues en caso mío, pues como guía espiritual, también soy ser, soy hago ceremonias mai. Me, for example, as a spiritual guide, I do Mayan ceremonies, so I feel more of a connection when I summon our ancestors. I feel the energy more, and the energy is easier to find, so I believe it's something really sacred, too, to speak quiche. Whilst I feel that sometimes things are more mechanical when we speak other languages. I've tried to learn others, but when I don't feel it, it just doesn't stick with me. But when you're living the language, you're feeling it, you're more connected, that's the best way, to do it from the heart. As I mentioned, if you want to learn quiche and connect with it, Galeria Popfridge offers quiche classes, I'll put their website in the show notes for you to get in touch. So it would be an honor for us if people from other countries came here to learn the glory of the Mayan civilization. Because when you start to understand a language, you connect with it. And that also helps to strengthen our language with young people here. Seeing people coming in to learn it puts value on the language. So people become more interested in writing, transcribing, also rescuing texts and stories that our ancestors left us. But if you can't make it all the way to Guatemala, have no fear. It may seem that although there's over a million speakers of quiche, it's pretty concentrated in terms of geography. And you'd be right to think that. But there are learners further afield too. In the USA, for example. And so we come full circle, back to Dave. But of course, quiche isn't on every shelf at your local language bookshop. So how did Dave get started with learning the language from afar? Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'd never heard of it before, and last December uh, 2016, I was applying to grad school here at uh, UVA, and I was walking around the foreign language building and all the offices, and I saw a sign that said, do you want to learn Kiche Maya? And I thought, now I do. And I you know, never heard about it, never heard of it. Um, I, I learned that, you know, it's a Mayan language spoken in Guatemala, and I, I spoke to some people who said, yes, you're welcome to sit in on classes and, you know, participate as much as or as little as you'd like. And because of that, I ended up learning uh, a fair amount. And then now I, I've been accepted to grad school, and I'm ju I just finished up level one. Mm. And 
I had sat in on level two, so I'm starting to catch up. And the next semester, I'll be uh, crashing level four because I, I can't get enough of this. Dave is studying on a program at his university. It's a pretty cool initiative. I'll let him explain. It's a, a collaboration through the the Institute for World Languages. And they teach, uh, they, they have a pro uh, program called Less Common Taught Languages. And so Vanderbilt teaches Quiche. Duke teaches Haitian Creole, and then uh, University of Virginia teaches uh, Tibetan, and so they and they they share it among the three three universities. They share each language class, and I think it's mainly just a, a way of uh, you know making people aware of less commonly taught languages. Mm. I should mention here that Dave isn't totally new to learning lesser studied languages. Uh, Manx, Navajo, Tuvan. Um, and then bits and pieces of other languages to lesser degrees. Kiche is, is definitely down the line on my list, uh, but it's, it's one of my favorites now, so I, I definitely hope to continue. But I also want to return to Manx and Tuvan. Tu Tuvan is beautiful, I really enjoy that. Um, mm. But every time, oh, and, and now I'm, I'm hoping to uh, study a language called Tunica, which is a language spoken in Louisiana, USA, by the Tunica Biloxi tribe, and, and I'm just uh, getting involved with it. I have a program next month to go to. I'll be in an immersion camp and uh, I'm hoping to report on that maybe for the polyglot gathering next summer. Cool. So if someone's maybe watching and at this stage thinking like, okay, maybe I'm ready to, to give something like Kiche a go. What, what advice would you have? Because it's a different uh, process, right? You know, Spanish, you go into, to, well, for me, Waterstones, for you, Barnes and Noble, and you, find, you see those books right there and it's really easy. But there's no book there for Quiche or for, I've forgotten the name of it already. Was it t Tuva? Uh, uh, Tuvin. Tuvin. Um, They're just not there as, as accessible. You know, it's not as accessible. So how, how would you approach that? What would be your piece of advice? Uh, there are, um, well, for, first of all, I'm hoping to change that one day by creating resources, maybe a phrase book or a, a very small textbook. There is a textbook by, um, uh, last name is Mondlock, and it's mm -hmm. called Basic grammar mm. and that gives you you know you can order that from your you know your local bookstore or online uh, that's the most recent publication I've seen on it otherwise there's there are a lot of resources online I think University of Texas has a uh, an online course set of about maybe 26 lessons with vocabulary audio clips um, otherwise anywhere online uh, there's actually a, a lot more Kichia resources than, than one might think for a uh, minority language. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, would, I would say online or email me and I can send you a list of things. So it's a different experience to learn Kichia in terms of resources, but how about the learning process itself? I was curious to hear how Dave found learning Kichia compared to something like Spanish. I had to really unlearn everything I knew in Spanish, because mm. even though Quiche uses Spanish words, you know, some Spanish words, uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of familiarity, but overall it's, it's really a different animal. And, you know, with any language, you have to unlearn things that you learn from other languages that aren't related. Uh, in Quiche, the verb comes first, the pronouns are attached to the verb. Uh, so I hug you is all one word, and it's really... I hug all in one word. Mm. So it's it's the grammar is, is very different. There are a lot of rules that you um, you know that exist that don't exist in most other languages, including order, 
um, types of words that exist or don't exist. So it's really a different way of thinking. And once you break down uh, the sentences into what they really mean, you kind of understand the way that the Kiche think. And it's really, it's fascinating, but it is a lot of work. It is a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, being, being open-minded and realizing that, you know, this isn't uh, the language you thought you might know through others. Our experience with Kiche making this episode of Language Stories was a whole different world to that of Yucatec Maya. It's easy to think, oh, Mayan languages, yeah, they're all just pretty much the same. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Quiche has a rich cultural and spiritual connection and a million plus speakers who experience that every day, as well as a few learners too. Hey, what's stopping you? Maybe one day you'll be a learner of Quiche too. Um. Coming up next time on Language Stories, a mini episode, we visit one of the most important trade routes in the world, the Panama Canal. But what language does the canal speak? You've been listening to Language Stories, a podcast by Lindsay Does Languages. If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for Language Stories. Once you've done that, the best things you can do to help us spread the word about Language Stories are to tell a friend you know who will love this too and leave a review on your favourite podcast directory. That's a fancy way of saying where you're listening to this right now. Reviews help us to get found by new listeners, which is pretty important when you're a tiny new fish in a big podcast pond. And finally, if you have a language story that you'd love to share, or you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. Your feedback helps to shape future episodes. And that's important, because without shape, they're just lumps. As always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz, and learn more at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. Cha-a-bit-chick. That one's definitely wrong.